Welcome to the When Wit Happens podcast. This is a podcast that helps you find ways to celebrate and live your best life, even when stuff happens. Now here's your host, Whitney West. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It is season five. I had to count it up because I was confusion, real confusion <laughs> about where we are in this journey of when it happens. I'm on vacation in my mental mind. And today we have a special guest with us and I'm going to let her introduce herself to you all. This is Miss Tracy. Hi, everybody. Yes, my name is Tracy. I am a certified life coach, certified grief coach. I know that sounds like two opposite ends of the spectrum, but believe me when I say life and grief go hand in hand. But what I do is I teach women affected by tragedy how to disrupt the cycle of grief. I am living proof that you can experience bad things and come out on top. That's me. Absolutely. Yes. So of course, you know, I had to bring Miss Tracy on here to talk to the audience about living their best life this season is the season of abundance and we will be talking about and to all the people who are living their best life living in abundance despite all the things that the crazy world has brought to them so tracy tells you that she is this amazing grief coach who helps you get your life back and not not go through grief looking like grief been on you okay right. <laughs> um right. and that can be kind of a a scary thing for people I think um we get socialized to think that grief looks like one thing or um what, people get judged for how they grieve and I think also the length of the grief um right. I think we have people who are like widows who say you're not supposed to date for a certain amount of time or you're not supposed to do this and you're not supposed to do that how do you think people overcome like all these judgments of the world you how I feel I look at it like this nobody is walking in your shoes nobody is living your life so basically all of these things that society puts on us, those are just things that society puts on us. If you chose to put that on you, then you have to deal with what that looks like. But nobody is, is in your head. Nobody is waking up every morning. You know how you grieve. And everybody grieves differently. Even though we have these stages of grief, even though stages of grief look different to different people. So you have to have enough unction or have someone in your life to pull you out of that because people will think that like you said grief looks a certain way it doesn't I'm in the middle of a grieving season right now as as we're recording this mm -hmm. and I don't look like that like I have my mm -hmm. moments where, where I'm in the fetal position crying but then I get up and I'm like okay I got that out let's go you know but that's that's just how I've learned to deal with it but you have to as with anything live your life the way that you live your life. Nobody can live it for you. Yes. So do you want to tell people the story of, you know, the things that have kind of happened in your life that got you to a position of realizing that you had to do grief on your own, own terms? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it first started when my mom passed away. My mom passed away when I was 22 years old. And you know, people lose parents all the time. But then I was told, you know, you're just gonna have to get over it and pray about it and blah, blah, blah. So 22, like, okay, y'all are older than me, then I'm pretty sure you know what you're talking about. Well, what I didn't realize was what came with that grief came depression. Mm -hmm. What came with that grief came all of this anger that I didn't know what to deal with, you know, what to do with. Mm -hmm. And I basically at that time just toughed it out. I swallowed all of that, which is not good. No. The greatest thing that happened was when my daughter passed away in 2006. That was a totally different ball game because my daughter was 13. She mm -hmm. was never sick. She was healthy. She was outside playing and collapsed and was gone. And nobody around me at the time had lost children. At least I didn't know about it. Like people started coming to me maybe two or three or four months after when they saw how I was dealing with it. But nobody at the time had to bury a child. So I was there stuck on stupid, looking like, what do I do with this? Because I had my daughter when I was 16. So we grew up together. And all of my life, I had been someone's daughter with my mom and I had been someone's mother. So here I was being Tracy and I had no idea who she was mm. so I did two things I was heavily I was in church serving in church and of course people say pray about it well y'all I love church and I love pastors but pastor can't do it all like pa pastor may not have training in that capacity absolutely with my daughter passing away that was traumatic a traumatic experience so I was dealing with trauma I had some PTSD that went along with that and of course, grieving. So I had to find a professional who can help me get over that hump and even help me to backtrack and deal with the death of my mom. So I had to basically take, take my life into my own hands and couple that with professional help and coupling that with my prayers and coupling that with, with my relationship with God. Because I'll tell you the truth, if I didn't have both of those, I would be standing here, sitting here talking to you. No, like it, it's, it's a combination of things. You can't really put your eggs all in one ba basket right. with, with these types of complex things. And like you said, with losing a child, it's, it's just one of those things that happens to people that people don't talk about. Mm -hmm. And so you have examples of, like you said, everybody will lose their parents, you know, and if, you know, but to lose a child, people don't talk about that because it's not something that people typically talk about. I remember somebody saying, which I don't think is 100% true, that there's like, people know the word, well, I guess that is true. People know the words for like losing a parent or losing a spouse, but like, what is the word for like losing a child? That doesn't come readily to people's mind because it's not the order of how you think things go and right. so you don't have that example to follow even if there was some kind of societal expectation it's, it's not there you know no at it's, all and nobody's talking about it like you say people come out of the woodworks and I think especially as women we get ascribed so much like guilt for things um we get ascribed the people thinking it's our fault, <laughs> fault mm -hmm. for things that mm -hmm. have happened that it's like, that's probably one of the bigger ones. 
and people are suffering in silence. Um, and when people suffer in silence and it doesn't happen a lot, people don't know what to say to you. Right. So that's when you get the craziest <laughs> things that people say to you. So, so what have people said to you? Girl, oh my gosh. Like when my daughter passed away, first of all, the rumors that came about, Ooh. people were, were, and to this day, I'm very protective of my daughter, even though she's not walking this earth, very protective of her. Of her. I still turn into mama bear. That's but right. people had rumors about how she died. Um, she had a heart attack, like all of this stuff to the point where I didn't even have the energy to chase the lie. I didn't even have the energy to, to, to deal with the mess because I knew I was going to lose my freedom. Because at that point when my child left this earth, I was like, I got nothing else to lose. Mm. I have nothing to lose. You gonna get what you get. But people said we're, we're spreading rumors about how she died. Um, people were saying um, they were helping me do stuff when I didn't even know who they were. You know. Oh wow. Uh, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know how my phone number got out because I'm private about my phone number. There were strange people calling me like, "I want to do this. Let me bring some stuff over." And you know, weddings and funerals bring out the worst in people. But it's something about when you have a, ch a child passing away, it's like everybody knew her, everybody knew us. I'm like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. And it was just so much stuff. Like people will say, well, you know, this is the one that I hate. This is the one that I hate. Well, you know, she wouldn't want you to do that. Like, you didn't know her. So how do you know what she wanted? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like people, they mean well, but if you don't know what to say, don't say anything yeah it's like no. if you're uncomfortable it's like don't ascribe what you feel and just try to cover it with somebody else like right if you feel like i think that you should do that say that even if it's wrong stand in that and don't try to put it on your daughter or whomever because you're uncomfortable like that's, right. that's messed up right it was just it's just a whole lot of stuff i remember somebody saying that they wanted to give a casket but in the same okay this this is how this is how this played out i'll never forget it they were telling me well i want to donate a casket and it was something in me that was like no i don't i don't think so within five minutes we're in the same room in the same house and i don't know how i heard it but i heard her say yeah i'm going to give her a casket so um, she'll have to give me credit for doing something what 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 is this credit like what is what is this thing it's like i don't know i don't know needless to say i declined her offer because you know people i don't know people just humans humans annoy me sometimes <laughs> yeah it's really weird how people won't like who won't who won't credit for things right. Right. um and it's like wh why do you need credit in this situation like what right. is it about the situation that you feel like you need to be acknowledged right um right in whatever way and that's that's kind of wild oh wow that girl <laughs> i don't know what i would have said somebody talking about so she could give me credit for doing something like that should yeah, not i'm, I'm in the midst of planning my child's funeral you know what i mean that's the crazy thing about it. Like I'm here actually planning 
out my child's funeral. We're getting ready to bury her in a couple of days, but you want me to give you credit? Girl, bye. I was like, that's why I'm so glad at that time I did not have the energy to chase the lie because I, I would have been lucky girl because you would have been like girl you can have we can have a double one because I'm about to take you like, out right because we're about to listen you about to get all these hands I'm about to lay hands on you and it's not about to be in the name of Jesus okay okay say that, that casket for yourself girl because <laughs> what we about to do <laughs> yeah, yeah so you know it's, it's it, you know going through you said you like you didn't have the energy for that like at what point did you kind of see did you know that you were kind of like not coming out of the grief, but like the grief looked different for you? Oh, girl. Okay. <laughs> I would tell you what I did. I went through this thing where I call it the fishbowl syndrome, because what happens when, when people pass away, like everybody descends on the house. So there's nonstop people being around. And so I noticed anytime I would walk into the room, people would just sit there and just watch me. So I felt like a fish in a fishbowl. And that drove me nuts. So after we buried my daughter, that Monday, everybody else went back to normal, to their normal. I remember sitting on my bedroom, laying on my bedroom floor, just crying because nobody was answering the phone. My phone stopped ringing. Everybody had gone back to their respective jobs, schools, homes, whatever. I was there by myself. And I remember thinking, I got to get out of here and I said like get out of this world but I was like I've got to get out of here so what I did was I went to um travel agent like that Friday and I went in and I said that to the to the travel agent like I need to go I need to get out of here and the look on her face I know she thought I was crazy because it it probably sounded like I was running from the law or something I said, I got to go. I got to get, I literally walked in. I was like, I got to get out of here. Leaned on a desk. Like, I got to get out of here. What can you send me? And so she's like, oh, okay. And I said, I'm not running from somebody, but I just need to get away. And I never told her, I didn't tell her until the end what happened because I was just like, I don't want somebody to feel like they have to be sympathetic to me because Mm -hmm. I was very heightened in emotion. So I'm like, if you say the wrong thing, I'm just going to burst into tears. That's just going to be a whole scene. But she said to me, where would you like to go? Like, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? And the first thing I said was, was Thailand. And then I thought about it. I was like, oh, I don't have a passport. So can't do that. So we looked at the Florida Keys. And I was just kind of like, no, that's, that's not it. I want a beach because water is just <sighs> peace to me. Yeah, it's just that's just therapeutic to me. And I was like, I want a beach. I want to um, change time zones, just all that. She's like, okay, well, how about Hawaii? Okay. So that Friday, she was trying to get me on a flight that Saturday. And I said, no, 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 no. I got to go buy some new underwear. Y'all, it's just something about me. Whenever I travel somewhere, I got to get new underwear. Don't know what it is. I just, I just have to have new underwear. So she said, okay, well, there's a flight going out early Monday morning. I'll go ahead and book it. She didn't even give me time to think about it. She didn't even give me a chance to think about it. She said, I'll go ahead and book it. By the time I was like getting ready to say, well, she had already booked it and it was already paid. And so she said, go ahead and get your new underwear. I'll have the tickets and all your information um, overnighted to you. So Mm -hmm. I walked out of there like, okay, what's about to happen? 
because at that moment I felt like this was my turning point because I felt like getting away from all of the, the confines of still being in this in this space that's familiar where, I, where my mind is on this constant loop of my daughter's not here like everywhere I turned around she's not there people are looking at me funny going someplace where nobody knew what I had just endured was so refreshing I told three people four people where I was going because safety you know somebody need to know where I was going and they were like, are you, I had one person, my big sister say, girl, you better do it. Everybody else was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Like, absolutely. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So I remember packing that suitcase. I got my hair braided, packing that suitcase and was just smiling from ear to ear. Just smiling from ear to ear. And my big sister dropped me off at the airport that morning. It was super early. And as soon as I landed in Hawaii, I knew this is where things are about to change because I found myself smiling and I found myself laughing when a few days before that I didn't think I would ever smile or laugh again so when I got off the plane and got laid now for people that don't know (laughs) that's what you do in Hawaii they greet you (laughs) with a lay and they call it you getting laid so when I got laid when I got off that plane I said, wow, this is paradise. I'm about to live. I'm about to live it up. And I was afraid to come home for a minute because I felt like I had done everything I ever wanted to do. And it was like, well, is there anything else left? Little did I know. There was so much more on the other side of that. But going to Hawaii was the best thing I could have ever done. Because if I had not just said, you know, I need to to separate, I don't think I would have made it. Yeah, it's like making that one decision. I think a lot of times when big things like that happen, in a, in a way you look back like, oh, I, did, I didn't really have a choice. Like I had to just go. And then it's like, you always probably can trace it back to like, you having to make a decision. Like I can't stay here or I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And you really should, you know, give yourself props for making that decision. Cause that is a decision. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't make it. So the fact that you can trace it back and it's like, okay, I did this thing for myself that let me know that there was some living to still happen mm-hmm. despite what was going on. Because I'm sure after that, of course, like you said, there are different um, stages to grief and you're going to go through them. Mm-hmm. And I know that you help women go through them. Um, so can you tell us a little bit now about what you do professionally with grief? Oh yeah, with grief for one, I put a whole different spin on it, a different perspective on it because a lot of people don't, they look at grief as this thing that's that's so heavy, which it is. And for a long time, you know, I fought even accepting this calling because nothing about me looks like grief. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is the program that I went through to get cert- certified, I barely made it through it because it was just so depressing. And I knew going through that, for one, I'm, I'm very like, I got to finish what I start. So let me just get through this thing. But I knew that I did not want to put that into the world. I wanted to show women, again, that you can you can deal with this, but here, here's a healthy way to deal with it. So what I do is I help women identify what the stages of grief are and identify what her prominent 
stage of grief is. And what I mean by prominent stage, like I know for me, my prominent stage of grief is anger. I'll be ready to, to bop anybody. <laughs> it's like this time of year, like every little thing is just, girl, nothing you but anything. <laughs> just, this time of year, like things just kind of, they just irritate me. So I, I know I'm pro, I teach people how to be proactive in that. Like if you know that certain dates are coming up, that's when you know you, you prepare for those. So you have a, I help you implement an action plan to do things ahead of time. So when that day rolls around, it doesn't hit you as hard as it would in the past. So each um, client gets a, a detailed action plan. Now, the thing is you have to do the work because you know, as a coach, we can coach you, we can give you all the tools, but if you don't pick up the hammer and, and hit that nail on the head, you just got a, a, a hammer and a nail sitting there. So That's it's awesome. hard work, it's hard work, but it's, it's worthy hard work. Absolutely. And I think also, although your, your clients, I think it's similar, a lot of the work that coaches do in general, we're all digging to the same things, but through different lenses, because yeah. I find that especially women with chronic illnesses, you're grieving who you thought you were going to be, your old life, the person you were without, you know, the illness, the part, you know, the things that you thought you were going to be able to do that you might not, that might look different, but also at the same time, it's kind of like we should always be evolving anyway. Yes. So we should be learning how to interface with grief throughout our whole life. Yes. Because we're always going to be leaving behind a part of who we are, someone in our life, a phase in our life, mm -hmm. a, a place in our life. And so you have to kind of normalize the fact that you're going to go through grief and then knowing how you feel about it helps you deal with those things because a lot of us get angry when we're doing certain things you might be looking for a new house looking for a new car and you just upset yeah. and you don't get why because you might be grieving where you're leaving mm -hmm. you know you might be grieving a job you you and you don't understand why you mad why you sad right. all the time Hi. and it's like you have to interface this so much but it's become like a taboo thing to talk about and people only associated with with death but right. that's that's not right. true so what grief are some of the so things much, that, grief is so much more than that yeah like so what are some of the things that like have surprised you about going through grief or talking to women and people who go through grief that you didn't think that like that kind of like aha moments for you oh gosh Oof. um i had one client say to me it was kind of funny but i got it she said to me that she could not, she was upset that she could not fit into her favorite pair of jeans. And we all go through that. She said, T, I could not understand why I just laid on the bed and just cried holding my jeans. I was like, girl, because you knew you couldn't fit in them. It's like that, you, that was a stage of life that you just had to release. And it's something so simple because we all, hello, we're in the middle of a panoramic view. We've all gained weight. I just had to go buy some new jeans because I couldn't button mine up, like girl. So it, it was something so simple, but I was like, yeah, you, you are grieving that stage. And we had, I had her dig into, why were these your favorite jeans? And it went back to, it was a, attached to an event, which was attached to a memory, which was attached to a person who was no longer in her life. Mm -hmm. And so, grief does that and the person isn't dead their friendship just went yeah. a different way 
you know, and I'm glad that you said that grief is, is not just death. Grief is if you're losing a job or transitioning to a new job or changing your hairstyle. Like you can grieve what you look like with the old hairstyle. Mm -hmm. And we're in the middle, like 2020, we're in the middle of a grief spectrum, let's yeah. just say, because nobody's life is the same after this personal pan pizza. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Nobody's life is the same. I'm definitely grieving not being able to hop on a plane and go travel. Even though we're free to do that right now, I'm not comfortable doing that. No. You know, so not it's at, just, all. at all, you know, and so it's just grief is, is, is vast and it's rude because it doesn't care where you are, who you are, or what you're dealing with. Like I, I was a couple weeks ago riding in my car and a Luther Vandross song came on. It was my mom's favorite song. My mom has been gone over 20 years. I had to pull over because the memory of my mother dancing to that song hit me like a brick upside my head. And I had to pull over and allow myself to mourn and grieve for my mom at that moment. And I think we have a hard time accepting the fact that yes, we are grieving and it's okay to grieve. Yeah. It's okay to cry. It's okay to scream. It's okay to grieve that moment. What's not okay is staying in it. And that's what I help my clients do. We don't stay in the grief. Yeah. And it's like the nuance of that. You can have those moments and still have done an amazing job with your grief journey because that is a part of it. Like just because you still have those moments does not mean you are not still living an amazing life, living your best life. They don't have to be separate from each other. And I think a lot of this is preparation because you know what to do when those moments happen. You know mm -hmm. how you, you've really dug deep into yourself and done the work. And that's obvious so that you can, in a way, take advantage of those opportunities when this happens. Like I can, I can handle this because I'm ready and things like that. And I think also people like you and people like me during this um, global panorama are in a good space because this is essentially during a time of tragedy, our time to shine. And yeah. it's like it's not that we are honoring what's happening, but I have a chronic illness. A lot of people who've had COVID and whose symptoms have persisted, guess what you are now? Chronically ill. Because right. chronic illness is defined as anything that has persisted over 90 days. Mm. And you, any other complication you have that is now considered a chronic illness, you, you need to have information about that. You need to see that that is not the end of your life. You need to see all these things. And then people who are dealing with a tremendous number of people who do pass away in this context or you get this chronic illness and your life doesn't look different. You have to grieve what could have been, or you may have missed your graduation from college. Mm -hmm. You may have missed your graduation from high school. You may not have been able to have your wedding and you are dealing with grief. Yeah. And because we have done the work, we're in a place to assist people in their times of need. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important juxtaposition. It's like, we understand what's going on, but it is also our time to shine. Just like you can have hard moments living your best life with grief or chronic illness or whatever. So as th that is a kind of good transition to like 
you living your empowered life, which is her Instagram account and her website and all the things. But what does an empowered life mean to you? Oh, honey, my that empowered life means to me that I make no apologies. Like I just slay life without apologies. I make no apologies for my growth, no po- apologies for my transformation, no apologies for laughing and living life and going out here and getting it. Like nobody can stop me but me. I make no apologies for that. I don't care what people think. I don't care what your opinion is. Because at the end of the day, when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, girl, you did good today. You did good today. And when I say I did good today, the fact that I sit up in the bed and put my feet on the floor, I did good today. Mm-hmm. You know, because right. a lot of people don't realize what a challenge that can be when you're dealing with a chronic illness or when you're dealing with grief, all of this stuff can be so heavy on you. The fact that you sit up and put your feet on the floor, you did good today. Everything else is it's just a bonus, baby. Everything else is a bonus. <laughs> I've been able to live mm-hmm. today despite all that has been going on. And, and that is amazing. Um, it's so funny. I was just kind of telling somebody like, you don't realize until you're in the thick of something like, with the oxygen um you know I'm not 100% dependent on it like I can go off of it for a time but not for forever but it's like you start to realize the things that take a lot of oxygen like eating talking you know things that you wouldn't have thought like oh that that's a lot of oxygen but it's like oh now I noticed that it's just the same thing with going through grief like this thing can remind me like this is a trigger like you don't realize it until you're in it and I think just when a lot of people are interfacing people who are going through things that they have never been through it's like they want to understand it but you also can't understand it right and um with the whole thing about not knowing what to say feel free not to say anything people shutting up is (laughs) completely free let's learn how to listen with empathy because you're not going to be able to get that until you're in it Right. And, you know, I, I hate having to like give people analogies for stuff all the time because maybe sometimes i be analogied out to help you <laughs> understand it. So in those moments, just be quiet. Just be quiet. <laughs> like, please, and please take the cues, like take the cues from the person because people will tell you what they need without telling you what they need. So if some, if you're sitting there talking to somebody and they're giving you the side eye, baby, hush your face. It's okay. It's like, what it's okay. silence? Like, yeah, just sometimes silence is golden. Like, if I had had people, I appreciate the people who were around me that were quiet more than I appreciate the people who were trying to encourage me. Because during that time, I didn't want to hear words of encouragement. Because a part of me, like, I've always been a woman of faith. So a part of me knew that things were going to be okay. I just didn't know when. And at that moment, I did not want to hear nothing about, oh, be encouraged, be of good cheer. People are like, I ain't got it. <laughs> it's like I don't have it like just let me cry if I want to cry right now let me cry if yeah. I want to scream right now let me scream just because it, it's making you uncomfortable then you go into another space like let me have this moment right here yeah. I remember people trying to force food down my throat because I wasn't eating like first of all you didn't see me down 15 pounds of popcorn 10 minutes ago now you're trying to make me eat chicken I don't like chicken. chicken on the bone I don't <laughs> like chicken <laughs> I'm still picky even though I'm grieving right like don't don't force what you think somebody needs on them mm, and I that's think that's word. what a lot of times people do they think they're helping by forcing what they think they need 
on that person and that's not even what they need and then you wonder why people are like you getting offended because they're not accepting what you're giving you're giving somebody shrimp when they're allergic to it mm. that mm. makes sense oh girl you you over here preaching <laughs> <laughs> a good word people really will force the upon you that it, it's 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 more of a harm Right. Then it, it is a help. That's that's so true. Just just thinking about that and not letting people like really just go through what they need to go through. And to be honest, like the the, the religion thing is is I think what people will revert to a lot of times because when they're uncomfortable. Which sometimes I, I it's something I had to deal with because sometimes it makes you feel like am I am I mad at God? Which sometimes you are. Yeah. And secondly, it's like, I be so tired of hearing about, can I pray for you? Sometimes I feel like, yeah, you can pray for me, girl. I'll take all the prayers you can get, but sometimes I don't know where your prayer is coming from. And then the other part of that is like, you telling me that God is going to heal me. Who, who told you he that? said it to me. Like, for, first things first, God is going to already always reveal the word to you first. So if he hadn't had that conversation with me, when he sends a word through somebody else, that's confirmation of what he's already seen. He to did me. not tell you that. And my thing has been like, I believe that God is a healer. But let me tell you, if I can't plan for the future healing that he ain't even told me about and not live in today, I have to do the work with what he has given me today. And if tomorrow he decides I'm healed, I can adjust to there. But right. today that is not the truth of what is right. happening what he can do does not impact what he has done right now and i honor that and i continue to work with that girl you better preach <laughs> i don't hey preach. it ain't even sunday and we all keep preaching you better better preach. y'all ain't gotta go to church tomorrow i don't know better, what it is yeah you better go to church child i look <laughs> where two or more Cause, are cause, gathered no, this one. yeah where two or more but i, I mm. <laughs> <laughs> man he's still pre- look he's still pre- working on me therapist we can be the coaches well, can be preachers <laughs> well you know look at that know. i'm just <laughs> but let's go back to that where you, you touched on something i want to go back to it when you said um you asked well am i angry at god listen i was definitely wholeheartedly angry with god mm-hmm. especially where i was at that time when when my daughter passed away i was a minister in the church I was like one of them super, super, super fire Christians, right? I was a minister in the church. I was leading praise and worship. I was doing all the things. I was the only one in the church with one of the few, like my church had, had people that had four, five, six kids. My daughter was my only child. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking around like all these little children. Now I wasn't saying I was wishing some, he would, somebody's child would die. I wasn't saying it, but I thought, all these little rugrats running around you want to take mine and then I thought back to I was 16 when I had my daughter and I went into premature labor with her so I was like six months pregnant with her and had to spend almost lost her so I had to spend the rest of my pregnancy on bed rest I thought back to God why let me have her if you knew you were going to take her so I was very angry and nobody could answer those questions for me it all came to well just pray about it I ain't talking to him so give me something else I literally stopped talking to God I literally stopped praying 
And I was like, I'm mad at you. But people in Christianese, they're like, don't question God and don't be angry with him. Who told you, you that? He didn't, who said that? I can't tell he you how said. many people, how many people said that to me, those words to me. Which is so crazy because I don't, see, I, 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 ain't, I ain't read and memorized the whole Bible, but I'm pretty sure that he don't be like, don't question him. Because I feel like I remember Jesus being like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. Jesus, Moses, Abraham, all them jokers. If you look at the, the book uh, of Lamentations, the whole book of Lamentations is, God, why? Why me, Lord? Why are you doing this? I'm pretty and sure he, he expects it. We have these expected. emotions. They, they not, he not exempt from receiving them. Exactly. And it, <laughs> you, you form a, 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 my relationship with God really transformed when I accepted the fact. And I, I said to him, my very first prayer, when I finally was like, I'm going to talk to God about this. My very first, was, first prayer was, God, I'm mad at you. That was my prayer. I am mad at you. I don't understand why. Why did you allow this to happen? And I had a whole meltdown. But God is so loving and so generous and so caring. It was like he was waiting on me to do that. He was waiting on me to admit, this is what you're feeling. And this is what you feel towards me. Now let me heal that. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, that's one thing that I hate about Christianity and religion. It's like you... You, you say that God is all powerful and all knowing. Then why do you why do we feel sometimes that He doesn't know how we're feeling? Like why are we trying to lie to God? He knows. Yeah, you're and really I, trying to lie to yourself. You you really are. And I I also kind of it's, it's like a, I have a love and hate relationship with like He only like gives you as much as you can bear because I'm like I feel like people kind of made that up Girl, because I but found I that scripture the, yet. The, <laughs> all right, I'm like I think the real thing is that like He knows us well. Mm -hmm. and he knows the journey and he knows the things that will get us the transformation we need so you know going back to you saying you weren't wishing nobody else to lose a child but you losing 100 percent of, of the children you have they have five them losing one which is 20 percent would have wrecked them 1000 percent yep but he and so he these are the things that he knows mm -hmm. you know and so he, it, it may, it seem, may seem cool to us. It may be whatever it, it may not, I don't want to say it's not in his plan, but there's so many things on earth that he has given us free will that something else could have affected. We'll never know. Never know. The thing is he provides us the ability to be able to transform and continue if we do lean on him for, for that help and that healing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's so complicated. I just, I don't want to get into preaching on here <laughs> or nothing, <laughs> but it's just like, it's so complicated. And I, I feel like that's another way that people kind of dismiss what you're going through. He don't give you more than you can bear. Be like, that's you removing, like, I sh you're saying I should be okay. Right, right. And I'm not, and not okay. that I have to go through something that, Mm -hmm. even if you say he he's not gonna give you anything that you, he can't heal you from or he can't bring you through would even be better because acknowledge what i'm going through at least. right that's not like saying, when you hear people oh, say this is something you can deal with oh okay cool let me just stone right. on in. 
Right. That's like <laughs> like when you hear people say, "Well, I don't see color," then you just basically you don't ignore. see me. You, you don't know, see me. It's like you see me. I see oh, you. I see you. <laughs> we see each other. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. Like exactly. acknowledge acknowledge the fact that yeah, I'm here and I'm I'm not okay. I'm not okay, but I'm okay with not being okay. Because at the end of the day, I know God is with me, even in the midst of this. I may not, I, I can't feel him. I, I might be a little upset with him right now, but I know that he's with me. And eventually I'm going to find my way back to him. Yes. Yes. Oof. Here we go with another word. <laughs> You're going to find your way back to him. Oh yeah. Cause I remember I was upset. I'm like, why me? Why you got to do this to me? my g like what's up like like bruh bro what you doing like, bruh, bruh yeah i thought we was cool son wow like, you... like after that i'm like really i'd be like our favorite 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 girl because it's like what you know it, you might see this but baby girl i'm here right we're doing the things like fabulous I, I, I get i get what i work for you know so it's it's like okay you know, I, I can accept that, you know, life is generous. It's not going to be exactly how you want it to be, but there is so much we can still receive if we're willing to take it, do the work and step towards it. Um, so I know a lot of you are like, oh, this girl is so good. She over here. She's just talking up a storm. She a coach, but like, how should we speak like that girl? She has a podcast as well. I'm trying to get her to start the second one, but it's, it's, it's fine. But she'll, <laughs> y'all tell she looked at me if you're watching the video, but you know, you, as you see, you know, she has a, this beautiful setup in the background, lovely jewels, beautiful shoes. You know, she'd be down in her closet, just talking. I'd be like, did you need some closet chronicles, girl? <laughs> Cause you just, you just be giving it to the people from your closet sometimes. Um, when she's posting on Instagram, but tell us about your podcast. Well, the podcast is called The Charging Station, and it is basically where two girlfriends come to my house, my imaginary house, and we sit on the couch, we grab our coffee, grab our tea, our water, our wine, whatever our beverage of choice is, and we just chit-chat about all things faith, family, friends, fun, life. Uh, we discuss everything. It's a lot of my shenanigans on there, because if I can't talk about nobody else, I can talk about me, and I'm like, I'm going through a lot of stuff so if I can share what I've been through and how I got through it to help somebody else that's what you're gonna get but yeah we have a good time over there yeah so y'all definitely make sure y'all check out the charging station um to get you a good kiki and recharge you know yes. that's what a good day with girlfriends does it, it revitalizes you to yep. go back into the crazy world especially within a pan pizza that we in now, you know, <laughs> we haven't got the time one-on-one -on -one physically with our, with our people, but, you right. know, just kind of having discussions and talking um, does help to some degree. So I appreciate you joining me today to talk about how you're living your amazing life, despite all the things that you've gone through. And I know the people are interested in where they can find you. So let them know what your social media is and all the things. You can find me on Instagram. That's where all the shenanigans go down. I'm most active on Instagram. I know my coach is going to get me, but 
Um, you can find me at Living My Empowered Life on Instagram. On Twitter, I'm there basically to do uh, live tweets about 90 Day Fiance. But you can find me on Twitter at Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, Empowers, E-M-P-O-W-E-R-S. Did I spell that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Tracy Empowers and also on Facebook at Living My Empowered Life. But come, come down to the Instagram because that's where the shenanigans go down. Yeah, she be down to the gram, y'all. She be down to the gram. <laughs> and do you know when the, the next round of your coaching program is going to be coming out? Yeah, we are hoping to launch this summer. So if you want to know about um, my coaching program, it's all about grief. That is a working title. I already know what I'm about to change it to because God gave me that download and it's so yummy. But head over to um, my Instagram page and you can sign up on the waiting list there. Um, make sure you get on there because we're going to, we're going to stomp this grief. We're going to disrupt the cycle of grief and show people that you can live an empowered life. You can live your best life, even while you're dealing with grief. You deal with grief. Grief doesn't deal with you. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) she said that y'all, she over here saying all the things. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today we gotta look we gotta talk Whitney look y'all we gotta talk Whitney into coming in on my podcast because you know she be fun she be doing stuff she gotta send me the link (laughs) you had to put me out on blast like that but oh (laughs) my bad my bizzle I'll edit it out I'm not but you know you know right I know better than that (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you thank you for listening to when wit happens you can find whitney living her best life at the whitneywest.com and at the whitneywest on social media subscribe and follow for updates until next time keep living your best life